We are now less than three weeks, three weeks mm. away from NFL training camp, and we are gearing up here at Take the Points. Adam Kramer, Marcus Mosier. Also today, we have a special offer from BetMGM. New customers in legalized betting states receive a free bet up to $600 with the code THEGAMEDAY. Again, that's the code THEGAMEDAY, all one word, at BetMGM for our listeners in legal betting states. So Marcus, I'll just toss it to you. Three weeks, what do you need to get done in that time? Where are you mentally at here as we get toward training camp? Like this thing is happening and it's happening very quickly. Yeah, just trying to get the schedule set and ready to go because once we get to uh, what middle of July, late July, it's it's just a marathon until March now. And then we get into free agency in the draft. So uh, trying to, to appease the wife, do some some fun things with her before she doesn't see me for the next what eight months. Yes, eight months. It looks like you. <laughs> yes, and it looks like by the way. Hands are accounted for. Fireworks, no fireworks. Yeah, we're incidents. good. We're good. We're no good. JPP okay. Stuff. Good, good, good. That's that's important as well. Not that we need your hands in this video necessarily, <laughs> but it's just from a from a mentality standpoint, we, we need it there. Now we talk about training camp. We are gearing up. It is time to start doing some real NFL previews. And Marcus, I think mm. back going back a couple of months when you and I went division by division, kind of map things out. Um how much does your mindset with teams change over the course of an offseason? Because I feel like I look at just looking. We're going to start with the AFC East, of course, staying, staying true to my heart. Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But how much does your mentality with the team change over the, the months that have followed? Because I feel like a lot of things are, look different, whether their teams are different or whether it's just internally, as I've processed more of this, it feels different. Yeah, I try not to overreact to, to one or two moves that happen in the offseason, but Adam, you and I are fans. This is what we do. We overreact to, yep. to stuff like a Julio Jones getting traded or uh, the Patriots drafting Mac Jones. And now all of a sudden, maybe they're the team to beat in the AFC East, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, I, I mean, it depends on the move. It depends on the team. But I, 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 you do want to factor in those kind of moves to how to bet these divisions. So, yes, we are previewing AFC East. We're going to tackle every division in football. We're going to do in some fill-in-the-blank. And a reminder, guys, you want to gear up now. Subscribe. Check us out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Because pretty soon, Marcus, we're going to be making our weekly gambling picks, which, mm -hmm. by the way, last season were pretty good. I mean, pretty good. We were both right. over, yeah, we're pretty, we were both over 500. We hit uh, a good rhythm, I'd say, at certain points of this thing. So, we want to make you guys money, and now's the time to get educated before we get into the actual games themselves. But before we dive into the AFC East, let's do a little fill in the blank. It's been a couple of weeks, so it's good to get back into this flow, Marcus. And I ask you, uh, I saw you tweeting about this. I was tweeting about it as well. As a fan of Golden Tee, the match is the closest thing I've seen to Golden Tee in sure. real golf across my life. Blank was the big winner of the match. Of course, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Do you have a big winner amongst those two? Yeah, I think it's Bryson, right? I, not because he played well, but I actually think we got to see a little bit more of his personality. And I think that's why he was the big winner, right? Like when they were asking him questions about like how many calories he eats during, you know, tournament play and his thought process on putts, that kind of stuff is was fascinating to me. And I know we, we know that Phil's personable. We know that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers can kind of throw jabs at one another. But it was DeChambeau that I, I, I thought kind of stole the show yesterday. I thought he was fun. Uh, I thought he was fun too, largely fun. And I just love watching him hit a golf ball 480 yards on a 777 par five and, <laughs> and try to take a mulligan on it. But I'll go Aaron Rodgers only because yeah. now he was kind of awkward. They asked him what team he's going to be on and he wanted no part of that. I don't, I don't blame them for asking. I don't blame him you know. for not answering. But 
I his golf game is solid. I mean, he's good. Like he's, he's a four handicap. He is like he's got a beautiful swing. He's got this kind of California surfer hippie vibe going just generally right now, which I kind of like. So while he was a little bit awkward, um, I was very impressed by his overall golf game. So I would say Aaron Rodgers for me. He bailed Bryson DeChambeau out a ton in that match. Yes. Like there's no doubt who played better between the two of them. Uh, absolutely. It was really fun. I know it got it a little stale later in the round, but it was cool. And again, Brady Rogers, just watching them throw a football together, talking cool. about their cool. changing styles. Like that is, you're not going to get that kind of content anywhere. So well, well done all around. I, um, I just, I really loved Brady just throwing as many jabs as possible at Aaron Rodgers about where he's going to play next year and uh, not going forward on fourth and three that I think that was my, my favorite part of the whole thing. And he knows that Aaron's really not going to respond no, to any he of can't. it. He can't. It's not in his personality. He's kind of in limbo. So Brady yeah. was, uh, he knew he had a pinata and he took full advantage of that pinata. Um, let's dive in uh, to some general odds. We're going to go AFC East heavy, but let's take a look at some of the kind of the, the, the key things and certainly mm-hmm. things that people are betting now as they lean into training camp. Plus 500 on the Chiefs to win the title is blank. Like a value. I think it's a value because we're going to get into the season, Adam, and Patrick Mahomes is going to play two or three games, and then we're all going to be reminded of just how good he and Andy Reid are. I suspect by the end of September, that number will be like plus 350. So I do think there's some value on it right now. I think it's a, I think it's right. I think it's right where it should be. I, I don't know if I'm – you and I have kind of talked about this with the Chiefs. I do think there's some pretty interesting depth at the top it feels like Mm -hmm. the nfl right now is a little top heavy uh when you look around we talked about this with the nfc i I think it makes sense if you want to bet the chiefs you feel good about mahomes and all the other pieces coming back i don't think you're going to shy away at five to one but for me with just so much of the other talent and still figuring out what aaron Rodgers is doing i'm not like lining up to bet that and yet i completely understand why those odds the way are the way they are um i I just (laughs) I still think that the favorites still win the Super Bowl. I would pick yes. them over Tampa Bay. Me too. Me too. I, absolutely. But I think you and I, knowing our never-ending strive for value, obviously will normally look elsewhere. Um, that's just what we do. And let's stay on the Chiefs for the next one. Yeah. Plus 450 on Mahomes to win the MVP is? I don't love it. I don't know what the right word is, but I don't love it. I think – I think there's better value out there. I think Dak Prescott at plus 1,600. I think my guy, Matt Stafford, at 1,600 is a better bet. I think Lamar Jackson at plus, plus 1,600 is a better bet as well. Uh, we know kind of the numbers Mahomes is going to put up. I think Kansas City would need to probably go, what, 14-3, and three, and Mahomes would probably need to score 50 touchdowns. It's possible, but I just think there's better value out there. I agree with you. I think there's too many – you know, we talk about – the NFL being a little top heavy. I think the MVP race is, is very wide open and fun. That's not going to get me to pull the trigger right. with Mahomes. And, and granted it is Mahomes. And so there is the some sort of, to be, I, I would say probably seven to one. I I'd feel a lot yeah. better about it. And, and like, look, it, it, Mahomes is going to do his thing. And you and I were riding this wave last year until it came crashing on us that, mm-hmm. Hey, bet Mahomes, bet Mahomes, bet Mahomes. But that also like kind of defends why I'm, I'm going this way that, Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen, you, t- you have like a, a list of 10 players that if they get right um, or, or are right this year, whether they're with a new team or not, can really compete for this award. So I would feel better about betting the Chiefs than I would on Patrick Mahomes on the MVP. I don't know if you agree or not. 
Well, I think the MVP is all about narratives, right? And last year, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, especially down the stretch, had the narrative, hey, this is the best football he's played of his career. The Packers are one of the best teams in the league. You could easily make that case this year for maybe a Josh Allen, maybe Dak Prescott, if the Cowboys are competitive in the NFC. I just don't think there's enough value on Mahomes at plus 450 to bet on him right now, at least. Okay, let's go the opposite way. And I love these bets. And you could find more of these bets now. And let's talk, uh, we talk about the Chiefs. Let's talk about the Texans. The Texans to go 0-17 at plus 2,500 is? A sucker's bet. They're, they're not going 0-17. They're going to be really bad. Don't, don't you worry. They are going to be bad. But they still play in a division with Urban Meyer twice a year in the Jacksonville Oof. Jaguars. They're going to be just, just as bad, at least in my opinion. So uh, I think Tyrod Taylor, who's probably going to be the starting quarterback, is competent. He'll get them three or four wins. But, yes, this is going to be a bad team. I like how you started that with Urban Meyer. That was your – like <laughs> just well played, sir, as, as we are consistent there. Uh, it is a bad bet. It's a very bad bet. Yes, they're going to be really bad. I, look, trust me. Okay, someone who's watched a bad football team for the last three – oh, God, more than that. Many years of my life. The Jets were supposed to be this team, Marcus. Like, they were the team that doesn't win. Football is weird. And oh, by the way, there's an extra game in there too, which is going to be a theme throughout basically every prop bet we talk about, every future we talk about, is trying to compute how that's going to react. The, the NFL season is long. Things happen. Like you said, Tyrod is there and, and is likely going to be, not to mention all the, uh, the unknowns with Deshaun. Like, I, I just don't want any part of this, frankly. No, but no. things happen, right? The Texans get a pick six in the first seven minutes of the game. Yeah, And then the game is completely reshuffled. They, they get another turnover, a fumble on a kick return, right? Like the, the nuances of a season, I would be shocked if this happens. I encourage everyone not, not to bet this. We talked on the other side uh, weeks ago about the Chiefs and Tampa on the other side to go 17-0. Mm -hmm. Perfection and perfect imperfection to me is really a tough thing to guarantee in a football year. I, plus – Plus 2,500 is not great odds. Like I would need that to be like a hundred to one in order for me to take the Texans, right? That's just, there's no yes. value there. I, I completely agree. Uh, let's move on to, to a couple of divisions uh, questions. Blank is the easiest division in your eyes to predict. Uh, it's the AFC West, right? The Chiefs have won that division five straight years since Andy Reid has been the coach in Kansas City. Uh, they've won at least nine games in every single season. With Mahomes, they're averaging like 13 and a half wins per season. I like Justin Herbert, but the Chargers aren't ready yet to knock off the Chiefs. And unless Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, there's nobody that's going to come within two, three, maybe even four wins of that Kansas City team. What is there? Was there a close second for you? Because I, I agree with you, but is there another one that rivaled this consideration? Because I think mm -hmm. Herbert makes things kind of interesting if he's as good as we think he's going to be. I would say that AFC East, which we'll get to in a second, just because I think the the Bills are probably the second best team in the AFC. But that one is is far more intriguing than the AFC West because I do think you have multiple other teams in that division that could win double digit games this year. I, I don't see that in the AFC West. All right, let's go the other side. Blank is the hardest division to predict. You go out west for the NFC. Where do you go with this one? Yeah, I think it's the NFC West. And what's fascinating too. about that division is you can get every single one of those teams at plus 180 or better to win the division, right? Uh, I think the 49ers are the favorites right now, but they are in the midst of a quarterback competition between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. I think the Rams have you know probably the best quarterback situation uh, with John McVay and 
uh, Matt Stafford. There's Russell Wilson, who's obviously fantastic. And then the Cardinals, who have Kyler Murray and J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins. I, I just – I could see any one of those teams winning the division there. I, I That's the hardest division for me by far and also the most exciting in all of football. Like every divisional game largely feels like substantial because of how right. competitive it will be. So I'm interested, Marcus, to see does, does this – Okay, I don't want to compare it to the NFC East, but do you run into a situation like last year where these teams just beat each other up and a 10-win season is going to do it, or do you have a team step out and be dominant? I think it will be fascinating to see over the course of the year. All, all places, by the way, where home field seems like right, a big right. deal, right? Like where home field feels more substantial than the classic three points. So I'm curious to see how the season flows because I think that is um, largely wide open. And, and I know how you feel about Matt Stafford. I feel the same way. Can I, can I make a bold prediction right now? The, yes, the team it. that's representing the, the NFC in the Super Bowl is coming from that NFC West because I listen, I know Tampa Bay is really, really good, but that division is so brutal that whatever team comes out of it and makes it to the, the playoffs, they're going to be battle tested. I think they're going to be ready to go. My, my only hesitation would be, can they get enough wins for home fields and buys and all of those things because it's so competitive, right? Because they could beat each other up, but I'm with you. I mean, that is an un. That that football is going to be must see. It's by far the hardest one to predict. I'm excited to dive into that. But now, AFC East. Mm. Yes, my favorite. Everything I enjoy about this division. Um, okay, let's start with just some some a blimp view of storylines. Marcus, if I look at this, I could go in a variety of different ways. But the mm -hmm. thing that jumps out to me, I'm not going to say Jets because you're expecting me to say Jets, and I will talk <laughs> about the Jets, but is actually the Dolphins. Yes. I yes. really want to see what Tua looks like in year two where he is A, hopefully healthier, mm -hmm. B, knows the playbook, C, has added maybe the most explosive rookie player. In terms of explosiveness, we could debate this all day, but Jalen Waddle, when healthy, is, is mm -hmm. electric. And, oh, by the way, he knows him. He's close with him. There are, like, emotional factors into this as well that should help Tua along the way. So I just think Tua's development, or lack thereof, potentially, has got to be what I'm looking at in terms of how it will impact this division, only because if he takes a step up and it doesn't have to be a quantum leap up, Miami's going to be really, really tough to beat. And that's the thing, right? If he's just slightly better than what we saw last year, this is probably a 12 or 13 win team. Like they were almost that last year when they were rotating with Ryan Fitzpatrick and a rookie to us. So if he's even slightly better, this is a legitimate Super Bowl contender because they are loaded everywhere else. Uh, but if he's bad, okay, Adam, now we're talking about maybe the Dolphins making, making a mistake passing on Justin Fields, like at number six and not going up and getting a quarterback. Uh, it's just, it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. The the yeah the second guessing of you know could they have got should they have gotten Herbert how Deshaun yeah. Watson could have or maybe even willed with all of that going on fit in um, do they have to go after a court like so much hinges on this season but you look at that defense you look at some of the offensive pieces now like there are very few excuses they added a great pass rusher in Phillips mm -hmm. I mean I, I I really like this team I guess I'd ask you outside of the Dolphins. What, what is the second biggest storyline that jumps out in the AFC East? Are the Patriots going to miss the playoffs for the second year in a row? Because that's, that's where I'm leaning. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm leaning for them not to do that because it's Bill Belichick. 
I like to look at Adam when I'm betting on divisions and I'm betting on teams, the offensive line outside of the quarterback, the offensive lines are what matter to me. And that might be the best offensive line in football right now. They also get back Dante Hightower. They add two really good tight ends and Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. You can get them at like plus 144, 145 to make the playoffs this year. And I really, really like it. I just, I've got this feeling, Adam, that Bill Belichick is really, really mad about how last season went. And he's going to want to show the rest of the NFL, hey, I wasn't a product of Tom Brady. This Patriots team is going to be really good. We're going to be heard of in the playoffs. I think we're going to see a really, really strong Patriots team this year. I have hated the Patriots all of my life, Marcus, right? I, I have. <laughs> As a Jets fan, they have beat me into submission, but – but I can honestly say this has got to be one of the toughest teams to handicap as someone removed that bias from it. They had so many opt-outs. They had so many free agent additions. If for whatever reason you did not watch football last year and you look at this Patriots depth chart, which is something I've done over the last few weeks, you're, it, it looks like brand new, right? Yeah. It's like a yeah. complete renovation of what they were. I think when you look at them, the, the real question I think is, is quarterback, right? Yes. Cam, uh, had moments of greatness early on in the year and then throughout the year just did not look healthy. It's painful to watch him throw the football still. Um, I don't know what you get. And then with, obviously you draft a quarterback. Um, when do you play him? What does that look like? I think the success of that position, whomever it is, and I imagine it will be Cam to start, is largely going to dictate what their season, how their season progresses. And what's fascinating about the Cam Mac Jones thing is they're so different in terms of styles, right? So as soon as Mac Jones comes in and is the starter, that offense is going to look completely different. They're not going to be running, uh, you know, so much near the goal line. They're not going to be using all these quarterback sneaks. It's probably going to be a more wide open passing game. I, I'm just curious to see if Mac Jones plays at all, because when yep. we saw Cam the first three weeks of the season before he got COVID, he actually played really well. Like the game he had against the Seahawks in week two, with some of the best football I've ever seen Cam play, if he can kind of replicate that play again, uh, again, I think the Patriots could be Super Bowl contenders because that defense is going to be so good and the offensive line is among the best in football. It's just a fascinating team. Do not underestimate the relationship between Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, okay? Yes. It's well documented. They've done this documentary together, but that relationship stretches about back many years mm -hmm. and there's a level of respect there that frankly is between these two levels of coaches that's like unparalleled for the Patriots to take to make this pick I almost said AJ McCarron going back in the Alabama <laughs> Lord. Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no no don't do that <laughs> to, to do this to, to take Mac Jones I think speaks volumes as to what Nick Saban thinks Nick Saban's not gonna blow smoke like no. about his guys Nick no. Saban will tell you exactly how he feels because he's got a long history of doing that about players. I think that's really interesting. I think that that alone is not going to dictate that Mac Jones is going to be amazing, but I will say from an evaluation standpoint, it's hard to have a better collaboration than that. Right. Yeah, I and, think and they're going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Real quick. Let's hit on the jets. New look, new everything. I mean, Marcus, mm -hmm. look for me, the theme is I actually, I want to go less about Zach Wilson, even though that will be the story, but, they've really done a great job in a roster makeover in about yes. two years, right? Yes. Now it's imperfect. The quarterbacks are still bad. Um, they've got work to do across. But when I look at the wide receiver group, the offensive line group, and the defensive line group, 
I think there's something potentially really good here. I won't say special. I almost said special. But what, what say you? Because it's not just about Wilson. Like, this wide receiver group is suddenly competent. And the O-line actually could be a strength. And it's mm-hmm. been so bad for many years. So I'm excited about these units more so than I am the young quarterback. The two moves that Joe Douglas made this offseason that had me so excited about this team. Number one, trading up to get Elijah Vera Tucker. They had this yep. war chest of assets. They finally used it to upgrade the offensive line. Love that. And then signing Morgan Moses, a tackle that was released by the Washington football team. One of the better right tackles in football. Now you plug him in and you have Makai Becton and Morgan Moses as your bookends. I, I really, really like that. And again, they're not going to be contenders this year but nope. they're making the right steps that contenders do make when they want to start to build to the right direction. So I, I love where the Jets are heading. They failed Sam Darnold. There's they no did. doubt on that. Yeah. Sam Darnold did not help his cause, but they failed him. They, are, they understand those mistakes, and they're going out of their way to try not to make the same mistake, of yes. course, with Zach Wilson. And look, I think with Wilson, I am really excited to watch him play. I, I, I don't think – I personally have had a quarterback to root for that can do these things. How it, how it accumulates into success or numbers or anything else is TBD. But Marcus, I know you evaluated him. Uh, you were excited about him, as we all were, when you look at some of the things he was able to do. Yeah, I think he brings this flash and playmaking ability that the Jets need, right? Like there's obviously things he needs to become more consistent on. He needs to be more accurate when he's standing in the pocket. But yep. just the, the the Patrick Mahomes level ability to make some of these crazy off, you know, off balance throws is just something that the Jets haven't had in a long, long time. And I think this gives them something to be excited about, to build around. Uh, one more thing, Adam, Elijah yep. Moore. I, yeah. Is there a player that has more buzz coming out of OTAs and mini camps than Elijah Moore? Because he's been, he's been phenomenal so far. Yeah. It, it, you, you talk to people there and it, it really does sound like the part. And it was interesting that they were able to keep Jamison Crowder who uh, it essentially put them in a position to say, Hey, take a pay cut. You're gone because yeah. of his performance, right? They yeah. saw it up close and you thought it would be Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. No, it was Elijah Moore. I, I think the first three draft picks, you mentioned the hit on offensive line. Um, there's some reasons to be excited about that. Mm -hmm. We never know, especially with quarterbacks, but I think those two guys and more and talk, I mean, there's, there's reason to believe that these guys could be, you know, just huge, huge pieces in the, in the future. So yeah, I think for a Jets fan, the story is optimism and not just the the promise of picks, which they still have by the way, but real optimism and potential translated results down the line. But I think it's not going to be this year. uh, The Jets are going to be, one of the most fun red zone teams to watch. Like if you're watching Agreed. a full Jets game, it's going to be kind of sloppy and choppy. But if you're watching them on red zone, you're going to see them uh, oh, a 75 yard touchdown pass from Zach Wilson off his back leg. Like that's the well, kind of stuff you're going to see. And I guess lastly, well, I could talk about the Jets for two hours. I won't, <laughs> but a competent coach we think, yes, right. Yes, I mean, the yes. gay sideshow as a fan was like overwhelming. It's and, a real leader. Finally, like and, a, a and, real head coach. And an offense that theoretically should be good, that yes. you think is going to be good, that has DNA in it, that should be to, should be successful. Um, there's a lot to like. I think for Jets fans, truly, hopefully, please, God, there are better <laughs> days ahead. And then I guess the last storyline with the Bills, it's funny, for a team that you and I both really like, it, it, there's, it's a really about picking up where you left off, right? They yep. were able to yep. keep a lot of their key pieces, the coaching staff in place. Josh Allen was unbelievably good. I mean, I didn't think he had this in him, quite honestly, coming out of Wyoming. So is the storyline, I think boring is good if you're a Bills fan, honestly. 
Yeah, the story for me is their pass rush. Like, they've got to get more consistent pass rush. Now, they did draft Gregory Rousseau in the first round. They drafted Carlos Basham in the second round, A.J. Epinesa last year. They just have to find somebody who can give them something on the defensive line. We'll see because if, if they can get one of those two, three guys to break out, that's what they really needed against the Chiefs last year. They didn't have it. I do think this is an incredible roster. Uh, but, it, yeah, they're kind of boring right now, which is good for Buffalo. They are destined, and we'll talk about this and how we bet the division, but barring injury, this team is destined to potentially take that next leap. Like, there is no reason if Josh Allen is going to play like this and he's eliminating the Josh Allen-y things, which he did a really good job of last year, largely, that they can't beat anyone. I mean, this is, right. this is a fantastic football team. And it is amazing how the balance of power has shifted as quickly as it has. But I think the story for the Bills, who came into the offseason – in a, you know, in a difficult cap situation is let's see if we can run this thing back. And oh, by the way, Marcus, they're going to have to pay Josh Allen like, like now, right? That's, like that's Yeah. That's gonna whatever happen. he wants. Yeah. I mean, the bills were one Kyler Murray, Hail Mary away from going 14 and two and winning the AFC last year. Like it's a great point. I mean, they were phenomenal and it wouldn't shock me if the win total goes down a little bit, just a, a little bit of regression, but on paper, this team looks even better than it did last year. All right, so you and I have both – this is what's going to be fun about the pod here for the next, um, really, couple of months leading into the season. But we're, we're filming videos in lockstep with the divisions that we're discussing. Your video that you did this week was your top five players from the division. So let's just count them down, <laughs> one through five. I'm very interested by this. Let's start with your number one, who, who you have at – or do we want to start at number five? Do no, you want to be well, suspenseful? Well, we'll no, we'll go one. Well, it's Josh Allen. If you would have told me okay. last year at this time that Josh Allen would have been number one, I would have told you you were crazy because he was so up and down in the first two years of his career. But, I mean, he's clearly the best player in the division. He's the most important player. And, frankly, Adam, I don't even know if we've seen the ceiling yet. Like, he's still learning how to play the position, and that's scary. Was this an easy decision for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, again, he has MVP potential, and he might already be there. It was easy for me. I still remember, Marcus, going back, I spent like four days with Josh Allen at Wyoming, okay? And when this craze happened, I don't want to say I was first because that sounds kind of arrogant and stupid, but I was kind of first, right? I got out there and watched him practice, and it was really raw, and he's like running over his own defenders in practice, and <laughs> um, he, and then you'd, you'd watch him throw, and he would overthrow somebody by like, yep. you know, five yep. feet, but it would come in at 100 miles an hour. And going out to lunch and stuff, you just saw him, you're like, oh, my God. If he ever puts this together, like, what will it look like? And it looks like this. Like, he is but, – but how quickly and how dominantly he's put it together, I never saw – I never saw him being this efficient, I guess. Yeah. And, I, and also, the offense, when we talk about young quarterbacks, like, a hat tip to the way that they've surrounded him with talent, put him in an offense where he can, like, throw the ball comfortably 35 times a game. Like, they've – They've nurtured this asset incredibly well. I don't think there's any question. I agree with you on Josh Allen there. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked that Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator in Buffalo, didn't get a head coaching job because I thought he was phenomenal last year. Um, again, everybody's coming back on that offense. They added Emmanuel Sanders. They improved that offensive line. Everything is set up for Josh Allen to be even better this year. It's just up to him to do it. All right, number two, who you got? I got Stephon Diggs. I, I think he might be the best receiver in football. And this one is close because there's so many good players in this division. I had Stephon Diggs at two. I had uh, Stephon Gilmore, the cornerback for the Patriots, at three. 
Uh, you can flip those guys. I don't care. Both at the top of the positions. And then just to close it out, really, really good secondaries in these divisions. I, I had Tredavious White, the cornerback for Buffalo at four. Uh, and then Xavier Howard, who has led the, led the league in interceptions two of the last three years. I had him at number five. But honestly, Adam, three through seven, you could convince me so many different players to go there. It, it's, I, I'm not going to argue with you. Okay, so I have to know about the omissions first because I don't disagree with anybody that you have up there. And it is an amazing secondary division. I didn't notice any Jets mentioned in there, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but who, who were your toughest leave-outs? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I thought about Byron Jones, who had a little bit of a down year last yeah. year for for Miami. But the guy that I actually had at number six, and I actually did a video, and then I had to redo it again because I decided to take him out. <laughs> Dante Hightower is probably my favorite linebacker in the NFL to watch right now. Didn't play last year due to an opt-out. But when he's healthy and he's on the field, there might not be a more impactful linebacker in the entire league than Hightower. I'm expecting him to have a monster season. In New England. You know, this is not the sexiest list. And I, I'm no. not saying your list is not sexy. Your list is plenty sexy. You, you, but it's from a name value. Yeah, I agree. It's, but, but I think in terms of talent, this is a, a division, like this is a list people would sleep on. Because if you go to the, you know, the NFC West or the, the AFC West, sure, right, you're going to sure. have the Mahomes, Herbert, you know, uh, like Tyreek Hill, like Travis Kelsey. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, this is not a team that, like, if you're drafting a Madden team, you, you right. draft this team and you're going to be like, ah, but really good players, right? Like these are guys that, that if you watch enough football, which I know you watch more football, just about anybody are game changing type players, even if they're not throwing the football for their teams. Yeah. I mean, listen, Stefan Gilmore was the defensive player of the year in 2019. And you can easily talk me in, me into him being the fourth or fifth best cornerback in his own division this year. That's just how loaded this division is at certain positions, but you're right in terms of, it being sexy, probably not. Just a lot of really good players, though. Okay. Well, let's get into prop bets. So you, yes. you've ranked players. I had to come up with prop bets for each team. Marks, I'm going to keep beating this drum. I am really struggling with player props over unders. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to bet. But the 17-game schedule has me a little like trying to figure this out. And I think sure. naturally I'm going to lean over on some of this stuff because I don't, I think this is an opportunity to catch some of the books sleeping. I'm just saying mm -hmm. it. Like I look at some of these numbers and I think they're realistic. That is the backdrop to how I feel about some of these props. So I will introduce prop, tell you how I feel. And, um, and then you give me your opinion if you're okay. fading me or if you're backing me. So let's start Zach Wilson, regular season passing touchdowns over 21 and a half. Marcus, I, I really like the over. Ooh, I think he's going to throw a fair amount of interceptions. But when you look at the running back group, even they are a group that is going to catch a lot of passes. Like in the red zone, other things, the, the offensive line, the wide receivers, over 17 games, health being, of course, the primary consideration with any season-long prop. I think uh, Zach Wilson, both yardage and touchdowns, has a chance to go way over this number. Yeah, when you first said Zach Wilson touchdowns, I was kind of thinking in my brain, what would be the number I would set it at, which it would be like 25 and a half, 26. So for you to tell me 21, slam that. Let's As soon as we get off the pod today, I'm betting on that. I actually did bet this. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge homer. Um, so I need you as a thermometer, of course, for my Jets homerdom. But I, to me, like, I think like mediocre, especially with this extra game, the way football is, is being yeah. geared right now, like, this this feels good. I mean, this is just just over a touchdown a game, basically. That, what, like yes, that's what, that was that's my easy. thought. Yes, gonna this be, is 
he'll have multiple games of three touchdowns this year. You don't need to worry. Now, they might all come in garbage time, but that's okay. We don't care about when they come. We just need them. Buddy, that's fine. You give me you give me two or three <laughs> touchdowns in that fourth quarter when they're losing 41-7. Love it. Love it. Uh, I'm used to that as a Jets fan. I just want to make <laughs> money off of it. All right. Another rookie one that was very interesting. I talked about him earlier. Jalen Waddell, over 750 and a half receiving mm. yards. I like the over here, Marcus. I think whether the the I'm banking on this offense being better, but more than that, I'm banking on Waddle being a fixture. You can't draft a guy in that position to to just sit around. They've got some, I'll call them competent wide receivers on their roster. Sure. They don't have a guy like this. And the big thing about him, which I think is going to be a huge asset for Tua, we saw this at Alabama. You don't have to have Jalen Waddle streaking down the field. What you need to have is Jalen Waddle run a seven to ten yard in or slam mm-hmm. post, and then the yards after the catch are going to come at any level. So over under seven hundred and fifty receiving yards and a half, excuse me, for Jalen Waddle. I think I would probably stay away from that one because I think okay. that's the right number. Um, the reason for me is they just have a lot of guys that they do like. Now, I agree. There's nobody on this team that's like the, the bona fide number one receiver. But Devontae Parker's competent. Will Fuller, when he's healthy, is really good. Yep. Uh, Preston Williams is coming back. They've got Mike Gusecki. They drafted Hunter Long in the third round. They obviously want to run the ball a bunch. I think the ideal offense for them is everybody being between 700 and 900 receiving yards. So – I think Waddle can have a big impact, but I probably am staying away. All right, let's go on to another interesting one that I did some research on. Josh Allen, regular season rushing yards, the over-under of 480 and a half. Now, Marcus, I'm going under here. If you look at the last three years, his rushing totals have come down significantly. Mm -hmm. Thank God, by the way, if you're a Bills fan. And that is what I'm getting at here. Even if you get the extra game on the schedule – The last thing that if you're the Bills or if you're Josh Allen awaiting paydays, you want to do is start to get into a foot race now with an edge rusher or a safety or a linebacker. He can do it. He is athletic enough to crush this number. But when you look at how they're going statistically, it has been trending downward strongly. They've added more weapons. There is no reason for him to run more, in my opinion, Marcus, even with an extra game. I agree with you. And I do think Buffalo wants to run the ball more with the running backs. It sounds yes. like Zach Moss is having a nice offseason. Devin Singletary is a good complimentary back. I think Buffalo is going to be up a lot of games this year, and they're just not going to need Josh Allen's legs. So I do agree with you. What's that? What's the number again? 480. 480 and a half is what Yeah, so is. he was at four, was he 420 last year around yes. there? So that yeah, actually I think that's game, about right. I just, I just think it's smart. Now, things can happen. Now, this is the scary thing with an athlete like Josh Allen. He can run 60 yards uh, for a touchdown. He's, he's that yeah. fast. Yeah. And he could put a da- some damage into your rushing total. But I just think philosophically, they're going to be smarter with him. He's going to be smarter. And, and you're right. A big part of this is them developing a running game, which has been, I'd say, that, that weak spot for that offense that's not reliant on him doing everything. They have to get more – out of other people at that position. So I think that that's I like it. I think the philosophy behind it. All right. Last one. And I believe I saw you tweeting about him the other day. Damien Harris, regular season ah, rushing yes. yards over 845 and a half. Marks, I really like this over. I know that New England has historically done running back by committee. And there'll be some days where I've got this over and I've already bet this where you're, he's sitting on the sideline and Sonny Michelle is just mm-hmm. getting all these first half carries. It's going to drive me crazy. But I still think he's in line for a huge year. I've been a big fan of him since college. 
You look at some of the production last year, just short of 700 yards. I don't know. I, I really think he could be in line for a big season if he stays healthy. I think it's more likely that he's like 1,100, 1,200 yards than under I 800. I, I, again, I think New England has a chance to have the best offensive line in football. They traded for Trent Brown. They've got Shaq Mason back. They're just going to pound dudes up front. And when Harris was healthy and he wasn't on the COVID list, he was a clear-cut starter. Like, they weren't taking him off the field to give touches to Sonny Michelle. I think Harris, who it sounds like from everything I've read and to yep. talk to people – He's going to get 250, 300 carries this year. I love it. Bang the I, uh, I, I'm with you. That was kind of the easiest one to spot, honestly. Yep. And we're, we're a believer in him. Again, you've, you're at the mercy of Bill Belichick. And uh, he's he loves, disrupted. But he loves Dis- him. Guess yes, where he's he from. Guess, exactly. guess where he went to Oh, no. That, that, played, that played a big factor, too. Another Alabama guy. And yep. look, the uncertainty at quarterback, or at least the questions about the production levels and who will it be, I think you need a true bell cow back, and yes. he is that guy. So, all right, so we are largely on the same page in all of mm-hmm. these, with the exception of Jalen Waddell, which I agree with you. That's one that's more of a leap of, of faith in understanding how Miami will hopefully use him and a belief that Tua will be better uh, than he's been, which if he's not, Miami's got some really big problems. Yeah, they're in trouble. Now, before we came on the pod, uh, we were talking just kind of the breakdown of just betting on this division as a whole, right? And – um, you you kind of had mentioned, you know, off air that this is a maybe one that you struggle with. Now we feel mm-hmm. it's pretty definitive in terms of Buffalo. They are the chalk at minus one fifty five to win this division. Their win total at eleven. Um, there there they are. They're going to pace this pack. Why, in your eyes, is this still a, a a tougher bet to make? Value not being there. I just think there's three really good teams right between Buffalo, <laughs> New England, and Miami, and. Obviously, I think Buffalo is going to win the division, but there's not a lot of value. But I could easily see a situation where if two is good, Miami's winning 12 games and they steal the division. Or if Cam Newton is healthy, they're going to win 11 or 12 games basically on their defense alone. So I think I'm staying away from picking anybody to win this division when I, when I actually make my own bets. But where I do think there's some value is betting on the Patriots to go over nine and a half wins or to make the playoffs. And again, I'm going to reference it again. You can get them at plus 145 to make the playoffs. Do we really think that Bill Belichick is going to miss the playoffs two years in a row, especially especially after Tom Brady won a Super Bowl last year? I don't think, think so. I think that's where the value is at in this division. I, I, I feel pretty good about betting the Bills both 155 and 11 wins, okay. especially with that extra game. There's not a ton of value there. Is there is I think the one thing holding me back is that you know Miami could be vastly improved, New England could be everybody could be vastly improved. The Jets it could be could, tough could put a scare into them, so it yep. could get better in a hurry. And yet, what we saw, I don't see Josh Allen regressing a, a great deal. I see that team being better if they stay healthy. You know, they had a lot of things go right for them last year, and maybe that's the problem that we in the NFL and you know this, Marcus. Like a team like the Bills, if Stephon Diggs takes a bad step right? Mm-hmm. That offense changes greatly. So they are still really reliant on two guys. But when you look at the Chiefs and others, you could say very similar things. Absolutely. So the NFL, NFL happens, right? But I think the Bills, I'd still be comfortable with what I've seen in backing both them to win the division and the win total. But I, I do think it's curious. And I think the Jets over six wins, by the way, getting back to my Homer hat, uh, getting that on, I like that. I think they'll be more competitive. I think we saw a more competitive team last year they shouldn't be at least dysfunctional. So I think ultimately that that's another bet I think would be worth making. 
Yeah, and I actually I like Miami over nine and a half wins. I, I'm not sure they're going to win the division, but I think they can get to ten and seven because they were there last year, right? Like this team is significantly better on paper than what we saw last year. And if Tua is even just the same quarterback, they're going to get to nine or ten games, so ten wins. So that's another one I I, I like. That's but again, that's why picking the Bills to win the division at minus one fifty five isn't my favorite bet because gotcha. I can see three different teams winning 10 games. I think it's going to be a very competitive division to make no mistake mm-hmm. about it. It is not the NFC West. Okay. I no, don't want to oversell no. it, but I do think the games will be fun. They could be somewhat ugly. You've got some defenses that are getting better that are already good. that are going to be going up against each other, start to get in those bad weather games. Um, bunch of young quarterbacks. It could be very, very interesting. Do, not to mention. Get, yeah. Is that, do we get two playoff teams from this division? I think there's a good chance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily know which two other than the bills, but I think definitely, I think if I were to go one way, I'd probably go Miami uh, and putting some faith in Tua and then, and and that defense just to take another stride. But I think there's a pretty good chance of it when you look around the the rest of um, the rest of the conference. Yeah. I think they've got a good chance. I think Um, we'll get two from this division and then two from the AFC North. (laughs) And then we'll see where that other one comes from because man, I'm not picking it. I'm probably not picking another one from the West or the South. I, I agree with you there. I'm, I'm in lockstep with that. Um, okay, so AFC East is in the books. Again, we're going to be doing this with everybody, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun, in-depth breakdowns before we get into uh, picking weekly spreads. By the time we get done with this, Marcus, it's going to be go time, man. It's week yeah, one. I am I'm excited. Yeah, preseason games to bet. Absolutely. This thing is going to get rolling. But before we wrap things up, I – I don't want to say I was most excited about this part for uh, for this pod, but we got ourselves the future, right? Which is, it's an interesting future. And this is where we talk about all things sports, not just NFL. Let's start. I know where, I know where I'm going with UFC, but let's start with the finals, right? Let's do a little NBA first. Okay. I saw your pick. You've got what sons in six, right? That yep. is your official yep. game day pick. Um, good start, by the way, at the time of recording this good start, where are you invested in the NBA finals? Yeah. So obviously I do think the Suns are going to win this series. Now, when I made that official bet for the game day, that was with the assumption that Giannis wasn't going to play early in the series. I think there's a chance it goes seven now because I do think the Bucks are going to get at least two games in Milwaukee, but I, I, I still feel good about the Suns. I just, I don't know if the Bucks have, I just don't know if they have the pieces to match. DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. It just seems like those are two big mismatches that the Bucs can't answer. So I'm sticking with the Suns and Six. I did something yesterday. I, the honest whispers were happening for game mm-hmm. one, right, um, all day. Like, he, is he going to play? You see him question. And we know where this is going when you're reading this, right? He's yeah. going to play. Waited for the line to come down to four and a half from, what, six and a half, six, mm-hmm. and then bet the Suns. And it was – it didn't – Actually, it was amazing that he can play, quite honestly. Kudos yeah. to him. But it was I, I really like the Suns, but I'm with you. It's kind of it feels like it's gonna be Atlanta Hawks-ish, Milwaukee-ish, where this thing's just gonna go back and forth quite a bit. Uh should be a fun series, honestly. Should be it's a lot been, of fun. A, I mean blast. that game was closer last night than what the final score indicated. So I, I do think we're gonna get some really, really good games as the series for series progresses. But again, I just think the Suns are the best team right now in the NBA. Okay, but We've got we've got something else now that we have to. Um, yes, we do. Yes, I'm going to be out in Vegas, Marcus. I, I'm trying to get a ticket for this for UFC 264. I'm efforting, right? I'd call the likelihood of this uh, coin flippish. So 
Uh, I'm pumped. I'm not just pumped about that, but Poirier versus McGregor, really interesting odds. There's a couple fights on here that I, I wanna, I've got picks for, but mm-hmm. what say you about one of the most compelling main events of the year? I have no idea who to pick in this one. I mean, I'm my heart's going to be picking McGregor and betting on McGregor because it's so much fun, but I, I don't know if he can beat Dustin Poirier. I, I, I really don't know unless he changes his stance and he tries to get this to go on the ground because I think he's just going to get his, his leg whipped like he did in the last match. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see how this one plays out. You in, you rarely get a chance to bet Conor McGregor at plus anything, let alone like yeah. plus 110, right? And I'm picking McGregor. Uh, you bring up a great point. If he has not solved how to stop leg kicks, which was the theme of the fight in January, he's toast. So I'm assuming, because I'm a believer in him and the best training in the world, that while that's not an easy thing to do, like, you know, you tell me to stop leg kicks, I'll just you know, put shin guards He's got to change okay? the stance, right? He's got to change the stance. He did pop Poirier a couple of times in that yes, first did. fight. Uh, but the problem was he was completely debilitated by those leg kicks. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go McGregor, but I understand the hesitancy. I'm, I, this is one of those fights. I've wrote about this on the game day um, recently. It's one of those sporting moments where you're just happy it's happening. Yes, like you, yes. I just want to see it, right? And of course I want to bet on it. A um, couple more. This is a great card. Wonder Boy, Stephen Thompson versus Gilbert Burns, mm-hmm. minus 160, I believe, on Wonder Boy. I really like him, Marcus. I think his style is confusing. I, he's one of my favorite fighters to watch just because it's so different than anything you'll see. Burns looked great against Usman early and then got knocked mm-hmm. out like in a hurry. Any thoughts on the, uh, on the co-main in this? I, I, I haven't seen a lot of either of them, so I'm, I'm definitely yep. going to defer to you. But I, I'm – Greg Hardy, man. I don't know why I like to watch Greg Hardy in the UFC. Well, Actually, I like to bet against Greg Hardy. Let me rephrase that. Yes. So, so that's that's the the one I'm really looking toward. Uh, we had some other fights that I think was it the uh, oh I'm trying to think. The oh, one O'Malley, guy. the O'Malley yeah, fight O'Malley. fell through. Yes. I mean O'Malley now is like minus nine hundred. Yes. Um, yes. I love watching him fight. Uh, Tuivasa, by the way, getting back to Hardy is is good. I think that's yeah. a really bad matchup for Hardy. Like uh, Hardy now, Hardy is so. I mean, he's so, so big. <laughs> big and powerful that he can end a fight. But I really like – Tuivasa, from what I've seen, is really uh, – I think that's a tough matchup for Hardy. All the odds on that are, are pretty close. I just think up and down, um, Condit versus Griffin. I, I do like Condit mm-hmm. as a small dog in the – I think it's the prelim main event. Mm-hmm. I, I just – in general, this has got to be just top to bottom, one of the best cards of the year. I am super it's excited a lot for of fun. this one. It, it really should be. All right. Is there, before we wrap up, is there anything else you, you're betting? Anything else you got your eye on? I know you're, you're getting to work on NFL stuff. I've, I'm starting to get work on my college stuff, get my Heisman bets in order. What else do you got going on? Olympics around the corner. Can we start betting on the Olympics? There's got to be <laughs> yes. a good way to bet on the Olympics, right? Can we bet on like gold medal counts or something? Yes. They, they have to have this, right? Yeah, we'll I mean, find this out. Oh, yes. An extensive, extensive Olympic so that way we can follow it all month long, right? And we can we can be just rooting for the USA on, on metal counts. And also, you you'll be able to bet on things at like all times of the day, right? You can oh, have action yeah. at like it'd be like My Premier League. Soccer. Oh yes, no, I mean seriously. Do I do I know much about the high jump? No, but I'm gonna of find course. out, and I'm gonna be invested yeah. in it. Um, okay, before we wrap up, Marcus, what else do you have going on on the game day? We've got some stuff we're doing together. I know for the NBA Finals, which will be fun. Yes. But what else you got cooking? 
Uh, yeah, I just submitted my AFC win totals for every single team with write-ups on uh, all 16 teams in the AFC. Nice. Make sure you guys are checking that out. Uh, NBA content. I think we're doing a Twitter spaces here on Thursday night. Uh, lots of good stuff on the game day. So be sure to uh, follow us on there. I had a good time doing that last time. Mm-hmm. Made it fun. You know, the, the Twitter spaces, it was new to me, but kind of an interesting form to just talk shop. Uh, you know, I'll have a can crack of the IPA ready. I'm not sure which IPA will be featured this this week on the spaces, but I will do the exaggerated, like there you go, can't wait, cartoonishly large can <laughs> crack. So get ready for that. Um, yes, for me, uh, we we filmed a video on the prop bets. We're going to be doing that for every division across football, which is a lot of fun, and we'll have tons of other things going. So reminder, guys: Apple, Spotify, subscribe, share. Again, you're going to want to get involved because we are going to get loaded here. Uh, well, we're going to get loaded watching football. We're going to get geared up, <laughs> ready for the season. Uh, it's going to be an awesome year. We can't wait for that. And also, uh, a special welcome offer from BetMGM. New customers in legalized betting states receive a free bet up to $600 with the code the game day. Again, that's the code the game day, all one word, uh, at BetMGM for our listeners in the legal betting states. So for Marcus Morris, I am Adam, Marcus, Marcus Morris. I'm thinking basketball. Marcus Moser. I am Adam Kramer. We will talk to you guys next week.